Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the star from Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Janelle Monet, and Will Mavity's interview with the writer and director, Ryan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen. This is it. You expected the mystery. Get your hand off of that. You expected a puzzle. But for one person on this island, this is not a game. Will you explain it to us then, detective? First of all, how are you? It is great talking with you. I'm talking with a Grammy-nominated uh, recording artist, actor. I mean, like, you're, you're a superstar. I, I feel so lucky right now. Oh, my goodness. Well... Thank you so much for talking to me about The Glass Onion, a nice Absolutely. mystery. So this is going to be tough because my goal is to discuss this without spoilers. I know. I know. <laughs> it's going to be a tightrope. We'll do our best here. Uh, hopefully Ryan Johnson does not come for me later in regards to this. <laughs> so talk to me about receiving that screenplay. Uh, did, did your agent call? Uh, did you actively seek Ryan out? How did it all come to be? I think my mind really did manifest working with Ryan Johnson. And I, I have been like a fan of his since I saw his his film Looper. Great movie. Um, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. And, and I was like, who is this guy who loves time travel as much as me? You know, and I thought he was doing something innovative in that in that genre. And then I went on a rabbit hole to watch everything he had done. I watched Brick, which is also a whodunit, you know, set in high school and I watched everything up until this, you know, the first Knives Out, which I thought was really remarkable. I loved him and Daniel Craig as a team. And I said, if he reaches out, it's a yes. And then <laughs> I read the script. I read the part that he wanted me for. And I got the twist at the end. And I was blown away. And I was like, it's a hell yes. I'm yeah. doing this. And then they had the nerve. He had the nerve to say, would you be available to shoot this in Greece? And I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> get me off my couch <laughs> right now, you know, because we shot this in, in the middle of a pandemic. And, mm-hmm. and um, the pandemic did a lot of different things for a lot of different people, you know, in, 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 in ways that we're still um, still grappling with. And so it was just a dream to be able to, to, to act again. 
you know, after things had been canceled and to be able to act with people like Daniel Craig and Edward Norton and Katherine Hahn, Kate Hudson, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Madeline, uh, Jess, Dave. I mean, this cast is like, again, a dream cast. Like he I could assemble the best of the best. And I'll always hold this experience near and dear to my heart. Absolutely. The end result also speaks for itself, too, because it is such a entertaining movie in so many ways I, I i found myself just constantly on the edge of my seat like i was with the first film and your character is a pivotal part of that here um ah, spoilers 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 gotta keep telling myself <laughs> um so i want to actually first uh start off by asking you got some really killer outfits in this movie. They slay every time uh, your character comes on the screen. Can you talk to me about the wardrobe uh, for Cassandra and how that helped to give context to the character? I have to give a major shout out to Jenny Egan, um, uh, head of wardrobe design and her team. They They did a phenomenal job, in my opinion, at just picking clothes that spoke for the characters before the characters even said one word. Like you felt like, oh, I know who this kind of person, yeah, I know this person. Um, and there were a lot of moments where my character didn't talk, mm -hmm. which meant like her look, her eye movement, the silence had to speak. The clothes had to talk for her before she opened up her mouth. And we collaborated, you know, but I think that for, between her and Ryan talking, all three of us talking, that first fitting, I was just like, oh, this is it. Like, I know yeah. the character. I know who Andy is. I cannot wait to get into these clothing, to the clothing. Sure. Absolutely. And you were mentioning before about how Daniel Craig, Ryan Johnson, they're just such a dynamic team together. And you wanted to be a part of any Benoit Blanc adventure uh, that you possibly could. Uh, so can you tell me a bit about what it's like acting opposite Daniel Craig when he is that character? He's iconic. You know, you're, you're by an icon, somebody who is just like so talented. Obviously, we know him as James Bond, but hearing him go between his British accent to that Southern Benoit Blanc murder mystery, like, oh, it's 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 beautiful to watch. And he's such a gentleman. He was always, you know, very um uh, uh like giving as a scene partner he mm -hmm. would moments where you know it's time for my close-ups i didn't necessarily need him to be behind the camera he would stay you know those extra minutes for me and just say hey what do you what do you need i'm here for you like he was always ready to rehearse uh when ryan would would, would have us that that meant a lot to me because i mean i'm sure he knows this role like a, the back of his hand but sure. he's just like let's do some pre-production let's talk let's talk through the scenes let's work it out and i love any any actor who's going to get in the paint with me like that yeah that's great the setting for glass onion takes place on this uh, elaborate tech billionaires uh i don't even know what you want to call it at this point but the the production design of this movie is truly out of this world. Yeah, I mean, I've been on some amazing sets, you know, where the set, set designers just killed it. I will say, though, this was next level. Yeah. You know, here we are in Greece. We're at the Amman Resort, and we're at the biggest villa at the Amman. This place had seven swimming pools. What? Seven swimming pools, an indoor spa. Like, I can't even that that at a pool, a, a cold plunge pool that you can just go get into. Like we we were just 
I was overwhelmed, you know, by just how how big and 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 also well curated it was. Like I love experiences, and I you could go to this place too and like find new discoveries. You know, we were mm-hmm. shooting for about a good over a good over a month, and I still was finding little nooks and crannies that that um that I that I loved and appreciated. Um, and then <laughs> designers for this um, film killed it because it was transformed. Like it was already this beautiful, big uh, estate, but they come in and like, cause we're at Miles Bronze's private island. He's a billionaire tech bro. <laughs> and <laughs> they really like, he has all these sculptures and these paintings and, uh, you know, they really bronzed it up. Yeah. I can I can in the best that. possible way that you're like, okay, I get this guy. I know exactly who he is. Yeah. So what were some activities that in between takes or in between scenes that you and the other cast members would do to help pass time because you're in this stunning location? Uh was there was there ever a, a sing-off between you and Leslie Odom Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> People ask me that all the time. Just because you sing does not mean you need to sing. You know what I'm saying? This role did not recall or did not sure. call that. Um, we didn't actually. We didn't. Leslie and I did not do any duets. Um, we did do a lot of murder mystery parties on the weekends because we could not catch COVID. Like, yeah. as you know, production would be shut down if we did. And so we made it. We we were responsible and we stuck with each other and we stayed in our COVID free bubble. And we would go up to the bar, you know, every weekend. Ryan would invite us with these handwritten notes to the <laughs> mystery party um meet me by the bar and we go up there and you know i may or may not have been in full costume looking like sherlock holmes <laughs> a pipe in my mouth a mustache a cane a top hat like it was it was really fun like being able to do those murder mystery parties with them and just connecting like i, I think when we first showed up um daniel invited us to his his place Mm-hmm. We ate dinner and you know just got an opportunity to just like set the tone and I think that starts too with Ryan as well our director like Ryan between Ryan and Daniel they set the tone for us that this is going to be like ego free ego free zone everybody you know relax just be yourself we're all coming you were in the middle of a pandemic so yeah we might be awkward kind of getting reacclimated to human to human contact but you're safe you're safe here and it was just no drama like no drama no yeah like everybody was super humble the humility was just palpable palpable um yeah and I feel like I've gained real friendships with these folks the best that i can describe it is like being at a summer camp a theater group camp and wanting to write home and tell your parents not to come (laughs) and get you i love that uh who would you say was probably the most competitive at playing these murder mystery party games Ooh, um probably me oh yeah okay me and kate Probably, yeah. Mm, Gotcha. (laughs) No, Edward, Edward, me, Kate, Edward, between us three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then I also, too, want to just ask in regards to um, your career right now. Um, You, like I was saying before, you work in the music industry. You're in the film industry as well. Uh, What is it like in terms of just choosing the next project? How do you know when now's the time to work on a music project versus something else? And uh, can you just talk to me just about striking that balance? 
You know, I I um I thought about this. I was like, there's never been a point in my life where I wasn't singing, like on a stage in a talent showcase, like since I've been a baby, Janelle, like singing at church and then also being in the community's plays, like the community theatrical um, uh, productions or in high school musicals. Or, like I've always done both. And I yeah. look at it as a form of storytelling. You know, sometimes I have a story to tell and it just needs to be sung. Sometimes I have a story to tell and it requires my transformation, you know, into mm-hmm. a character like Andy and, and with a larger ensemble. Um, so that's how I look at it. And I'm just, I feel very fortunate to still be able to say, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And yeah. people even me and want to work with me um, because that's, that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, so I'm super present at the moment. I, I did find time to, you know, work on a little music after I shot this, um, this film. And it was very inspiring just being able to travel to Greece and like get, get 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 that exploration you know i've always wanted to go there and been able to be by that ocean and to to be present you know yeah. in the middle of a pandemic to be to 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 look at things and like want to want to sit in gratitude even more around them because you just never know where life will take us right mm-hmm. um, and it's helped me it's helped my creating a lot more what was probably the most memorable piece of direction you received from Ryan Johnson? Once again, avoiding spoilers. <laughs> you know what? I think the most like sort of impactful thing as a director or a thing that I, I, I remember most about working with Ryan is just his leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan showed me and I aspire to be a director. Oh, great. And I want to make how Ryan made me feel. I want to make any actor that I'm working with or actors that I'm working with feel how he made me feel. He was so calm and peaceful because things happen. Shit mm-hmm. happens on productions, right? Yep. He was always so even killed. You know, he was very prepared. Like he had his stuff together. And I think that's why it allowed him that space to just relax. Um, and And he set that tone for the whole cast. It was like, when things happen, you can peacefully, calmly work them out. Uh, you can laugh. He would be laughing. I knew, always knew when I got the take, if I heard a Ryan jo- Johnson little cackle, like a, <laughs> like he would just be back there laughing. And I was like, oh, he liked that. Okay, good. Yeah, we're in the money. A possible future career in directing, new music. I'm sure uh, more film roles to look forward to. Janelle, uh, your future is filled with excitement, possibility. I- I'm-, I'm so happy to be here to witness it and uh you're so sweet just congratulations on the film uh, i you'll be getting a lot of praise for it uh, I, I cannot wait for more people to see it uh for its one week run and then of course when it comes to netflix december 23rd thank you so much once again thank you so much god bless you thank you so much have a nice rest of your day Holy really duke oh my god really Lock the doors. Stay in your rooms. Everyone is in danger. All right. When's the murder mystery start?
No, I was, I was right. in a robot voice, not you. I wasn't calling you a robot. <laughs> no, I, I'm thinking that you're uh, you're turning into your own like Elon Musk type creation, right? You're gonna start thinking of humans as robots. Okay, well, honestly, that that's a good segue. I think I'm just gonna say up front, this interview is probably gonna be a little spoilery, so I recommend people listen after they watch the movie. Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Your timing could not have been more perfect in releasing <laughs> this particular movie with Edward Norton's character at this time with Elon Musk and everything he's doing with Twitter. <laughs> What's that like having the most timely release of all time? It's it's weird. When we were making the movie like a year ago, we were shooting it, we were all worried that this whole tech billionaire thing was going to have played itself out by the time the movie came out and it would be all passe. And whoops, I guess not. <laughs> a friend of mine, this I took this as a compliment. He's he saw it the other day, and he's like, "Dude, this movie feels like it was written this afternoon." <laughs> I'm like, it does. <laughs> I mean, it's bad for the world, but good, good for us, I guess. But <laughs> I, I look so... forward to the day that this movie feels dated and passe. <laughs> yes, good day for the planet Earth. Yeah. So without uh, besmirching anyone too much, uh, how did you go about creating the concept of what's Edward Norton's character? His Miles name again? Braun. Miles. How did you, Miles tell me Braun. about the writing process for creating Miles Braun. Did you always see Edward Norton? No, I didn't. I try not to write with actors in mind because inevitably then you can't get them because of schedule or whatever. And it's heartbreak. So, no, I just write as a blank slate. Um, I mean, I, 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 when I was writing that character, obviously, there's so many real world analogs you could draw from. But I, I found really quickly it was became very boring very quickly if I started thinking too specifically about any person. Just mm -hmm. taking the piss out of this person or that person wasn't that interesting. What was more interesting was the idea of thinking about the place of these people in American society and thinking about our relationship with them, how we all kind of, on the one hand, want to like throw, you know, snarky tw tweets at them and insult them and call them idiots. And on the other hand, there's, I think in all of us, there's a very deeply ingrained American thing where we just on a basic level um, mistake, have a hard time telling wealth from wisdom and we there's something deep in all of us that is a little bit as much as we hate these people is like wants to see them as willy wonka and thinks maybe right. what if they are right what if they do have the answers so that that tension and uh and the way that you know beyond even the tech sphere the way the big lies end up getting supported of self-interest that that to me was kind of the soup of stuff that actually went into creating the character yeah well tell me about creating his island yeah. Well, it's it's movie magic that island doesn't exist. <laughs> that place that place where it, that's his compound is this beautiful cluster of villas called Villa 20 that's in Greece. It's part of the Amman Resort. It's like adjacent to the Amman Resort in Greece. And we found that place and I mean the glass onion obviously we added in post production, but everything else there is kind of 
it's this beautiful complex. Um, and yeah, we shot in Greece, man. And we were like, you know, it's, it was, it was, uh, it was kind of like a summer vacation where we also made the movie. <laughs> we're out there with all these cool actors filming in Greece. And so there was very little to complain about. Obviously the, the vacation's nice, but also just generally, it seems like the filmmaking, the amount of VFX you were allowed to do this time, you had a lot more to work with in terms of budget and resources, it feels like, than the first one. A little bit more. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's uh, it's funny. I've had some people like ask like, oh, Netflix money for, for this one. And the reality is I wrote the script before we made the deal with Netflix. So the creative, oh, okay. the creative was already locked. This was always going to be the movie. And so it, it was it is by its nature, though, bigger than the first one. It's a little bit bigger. It's not a ton bigger. It's not like it's, you know, twice, twice the last one or something. But we didn't have CGI robots in the first in the first one. <laughs> You have in the background. I know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you once you put a billionaire, you know, once you set it on the billionaire tech tech douchebags island lair, you, a certain amount of expense ends up coming with that. I oh, of course. Are there any moments uh, that if you told me in the film, you're like, oh, most of what in that was done with VFX? I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> you're not going to tell me. You're not going to spoil the illusion. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm down with spoiling anything. I don't know. I mean, you know, anything, like like, like I said, the glass onion itself, all those exteriors, that's like a real place, but all the, the glass onion stuff is actually... You know what was practical for the most part is the puzzle box at the beginning. Um, that we was had, so cool. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, our, our prop master, Chris Peck, he worked with a bunch of talented artists and it's all like hand-carved and constructed and puppeteered but it's it's all real it's really cool yeah so uh that actually the puzzle sequence is one of my favorite parts of the film tell me a little bit about constructing that meticulously edited and shot kind of parallel sequence of that introduces us to the film's whole huge cast of characters talk to me about putting that sequence together yeah, I mean, the whole movie starts with uh, basically this group of friends spread across America who all receive a mysterious box, and it's like a puzzle box. And the first sequence is all of them working on speakerphone together, trying to open this puzzle box to get this invitation from their billionaire friend to come to the, his private island for a murder mystery game. So it, it was fun because the whole a lot of it is done in split screen. So you have multiple characters in different environments talking to each other. What was interesting is we had to film each one of these things separately, but the timing had to be perfect with all their lines going back and forth. Oh so what we did was we started with Catherine Hahn and we shot her scene with like the other actors off off screen doing the lines with her. Mm. We had to pick the take we wanted to use like before we shot the next segment. And then we had the sound guy basically play back Catherine's lines from that take for Kate when we did her scene. Oh and Kate had, Kate had to act off of Catherine's pre-recorded thing. And then we picked her take and we put their lines together and went and shot Leslie and he did the same thing with like a little earwig in his ear, like <laughs> playing off of their lines. It was a really interesting process, but it ended it ended up working out. Your poor script supervisor. Oh, I feel like Sue Field is a genius. <laughs> She's a little <laughs> she kept me honest. Oh man. Yeah, I can't imagine that. So that opening sequence is a good example. This film is just, your filmmaking is always dynamic. You have a very active camera, but it felt like that was even more supercharged here. You have a lot of just big camera moves swooping from one location to another, these crazy focus pulls. Tell me yeah. a little bit about what you're going for this time around and just how active your camera is. 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're with for me. The objective is always to tell the story as effectively as possible. And so, if you want the audience to get a sense of scope or feel like they're being swept into the next scene, you want to come up with a camera move for that. Um, to me, the thing that I'm even more proud of is just there. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where there's nine people talking around, sitting around, talking to each other, and that's tough to film and, and make it seem dynamic without just turning into close up, close up, close up. So, for me, I went and I studied directors who are masters at staging big groups of people. Like Spielberg is the modern master at that. You look mm. at stages people in the frame to create shapes and depth within the frame. And so kind of refreshing myself, going back and watching his stuff and then blocking it out and working with the actors. To me, the way that we try and choreograph the groups of these people within a frame is um, more so than like crazy camera movements is, is, is what was fun about this one for me. Well, I think we're out of time. But before I go, um, have you already decided anything about what your next Benoit Blanc adventure is going to be? I'm starting to, I'm starting to, to to like put together a few ideas. But if you got anything, throw it at me. Man. I do have one. You got. Uh, he gets invited to a convention of butlers, and they're all played by <laughs> notoriously shifty character actors you know it's like, like Stephen fry and like exactly yeah <laughs> yeah Hopkins and michael the Kane. butler did it a knives out that <laughs> is brilliant well i want you to you know what write that script man <laughs> you, you do it <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's right. give that one back to you <laughs> so, all right you enjoy yourself thanks for your time right. ryan take care well thanks again man bye Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the star from Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, Janelle Monet, and Will Mavity's interview with the film's writer and director, Ryan Johnson, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery has been nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Picture Musical Comedy and Best Picture from the Critics' Choice Awards and is up for your consideration for Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Supporting Actress for Janelle Monet. The film is currently available now to stream on Netflix. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden 
at the twilight of World War II. And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.